Thanks for listening to this OCRFM podcast. Head to ocrfm.org.au to find more great content and information about how to donate and support this community radio station. Good afternoon, Delight, and welcome to the show that is sugary spiciness and everything niceness on OCRFM, which is 98.3 across Collican District, 88.7 FM along the uh, coast, and uh, you can also pick us up online from time to time at ocrfm.org.au. Greetings, Max. Hello. Merry last show of the year. (laughs) (laughs) How's it going? Good. Did you have a uh, good Christmas? Yep. You kept, uh, kept on the nice list? Yeah. Yeah. What uh, what came for Christmas this year? I got a bike. Uh huh. Skateboard. Um, fifty dollar voucher. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, hang on a second. You got a bike. That means if we travel back one week uh, to Christmas Eve, yeah. your uh, two truths and a lie is now void. <laughs> that was uh, your <coughs> excuse me your um. Uh, Christmas present you'd never received before. Mm. There you go. Must have predicted something. So had a good Christmas? Yeah. Looked after everybody else? Uh-huh. What did you do for uh, Christmas Day? Was it a, a lunch or a... We went down to Geelong to our nanny's for lunch. <coughs> then we came back and straight away went to our auntie and uncle's for tea. Goodness me. Um, yeah. One of those busy super days. <laughs> yeah. I think Christmas Day usually is pretty busy at your house. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, do we invite in, invite in your guest uh, for today? Yeah. Welcome back, Darren. How's it going? Yeah, good, thanks. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, who, who's busy doing all the driving then? Uh, actually, Megan drove down. Oh, okay. She had, yep. she had it around. She chose. Yeah. Uh, and were there uh, sweet treats on the Christmas Day list? Um, Lots of desserts and yeah. ice creams and fruit salads and yeah. Was there pavlova? <laughs> of course, yes. there was pavlova. Did did you get your uh, your magic recipe that you were looking for? What what was on your uh, ultimate pavlova list? Do you remember? Did you get the one at for tea that actually had the um, peppermint the crisp? <laughs> there was two: one with peppermint crisp and one yeah. with something else. It was it was strawberries and cream. So a bit of best of both worlds. Yeah. Because uh, last week on the show, uh, just in case you uh, missed it, we were talking all things Pavlova, and uh, our big question was, what is the must-have on the Pav? What do you uh, always have on your Pavlova? I uh, got quite a few responses online for that one. Um, also a bit of feedback around something we didn't discuss on air uh, <laughs> that I meant to was the deconstructed Pav became. Oh, yes. The uh, the buzz for this year. Did you know about that one, Max? No. Ours was post constructed. Post constructed. Yeah. Just pulled apart and eaten. <laughs> a pull apart pav. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, a lot of people this year were having pavlova in P 
pieces. So you get a little mini meringue, and then you have jars of different fruits, cream, that sort of stuff, and you make your own pav. Oh. So, uh, yeah, quite a few people were uh, sharing that one. We didn't get that elaborate, Max. <laughs> no. Uh, so, some of the different suggestions that we had on our must-haves for a pav. Uh, Heather says strawberries and peppermint crisp. So, between the two of you, she's got it covered. Uh, Megan said banana, peppermint crisp. Shelley says strawberries, peppermint crisp, banana under the cream, mango and kiwi fruit with some flake. That's There's kiwi fruit on, on yours. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, peaches, strawberry, kiwi, and ice cream. Ice cream on a pav. Hmm. I think they must have. That was on the bowl we cited. Yeah, I'd say so. Went with it eventually. <laughs> Possibly. Uh, our poll for last week was um, who really created the pav? Was it Australia or New Zealand? Do you remember with the, the brief story that we told, Max? What was your vote? Um, was it Australia or was it New Zealand that would claim the rightful ownership? Australia. <laughs> well, I asked a few questions on Christmas Day and yep. everyone said New Zealand. Yeah. Well, you see, our poll would suggest otherwise. They're, they're siding with Max. Uh, <laughs> currently, 75% of the vote goes to Australia. <laughs> but uh, there's there's a couple of people on there that have said it's definitely <laughs> New Zealand. But, uh, yeah, so you can jump on the Afternoon Delight Facebook page and uh, play along with us at home as well if you're uh, tuned into the podcast or something like that driving on the road considering there's a lot yes. of people on the road today yeah uh, we've uh, issued a bit of a, a road warning uh, yes. on the OCRFM Facebook page because uh, it just got announced this morning that uh, Falls Festival in Lawn has been cancelled due to the extreme weather conditions uh, it was 33 degrees when I hopped in my mm. car just before so there's going to be a lot of people travelling down the highway at the moment and uh, in various states of dehydration perhaps so we're hoping everyone is keeping safe on the roads and just be very, very aware there's a lot of extra traffic today. So uh, hopefully people are looking after each yeah. other. Um, we best get this show on the road then and uh, open up that yum box and find out uh, what else we've got from where we are. Okie dokie, it is time for us to open up the yum box from Spain. Max has just reminded me. <laughs> <laughs> the land of the rabbits was our clue. Uh, what have you got from the yum box today? Ham flavoured corn puff snacks. Ham flavoured corn puffs, okay. And. Looks like some sort of chips. Potato chips with assorted herbs, garlic, and an, on an onion. Okay, so kind of herb chips. We're savory and savory. The kind of the corn puffs I would assume would be uh, kind of like chips themselves, but they look to be in a very different packaging. What do you got there, Max? It looks like a big long stick. Yeah. Of corn puffs. <laughs> well, I was thinking more along the lines of um, sort of muesli bar packaging. It's got the plastic wrap on the outside, but yeah, they look like long, thin corn puffs, perhaps? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Maybe 15 centimetres long? Oh, wow. That is a lumpo corn puff. <laughs> wow. It's almost like a 
big cigar. Or a hot dog or something. It's it's about a hot dog, or a little bit shorter than a hot dog, perhaps. Uh, That light, fluffy corn puff. There's a lot of countries that do corn puffs, I've uh, discovered through this yum box. Yeah. We don't really do corn puffs here in Australia. Cheetos is about the closest we come. I was going to say Cheetos. But um, a lot of other countries have corn puff uh, inspired treats. It smells good. <laughs> it smells good. <laughs> Don't <laughs> sniff too hard. Don't sniff too hard. It's just <laughs> giving Darren an asthma attack over there in the corner. It actually smells like the Cheetos. Mm. Does it? Yeah. Okay. Rightio then. Well, what can you tell us about the uh, ham flavoured corn puffs then? Crunchy. It sounds very crunchy. <laughs> they melt like a cheese. Okay. Yep. Uh, corn puff. Yeah, corn, whatever they are. Yep. It's not as strong as what I thought they were going to be. Yeah. So it's not very hammy? No. Very wafery sort of. Extremely light texture. Almost hollow. Because mm. with corn puffs, they just, they literally just, puffed air. Yeah, and just disintegrates in your mouth. Mm-hmm. That's good. They're a bit like um, the uh, foam packaging that people use when you're. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got tasted them though. Well, the thing is, um, <coughs> a few years ago, <coughs> well, it could be 10, 15 years ago now, they started to replace the styrofoam packaging with a potato-based potato one, mm. so that if kids did put it in their mouth, it would do the... that. Just disintegrate. <laughs> yeah. Disintegrate in your mouth, so there was no chance of choking on it. Uh, what can you tell us about the, the corn puffs, Max? It actually tastes nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got some info there from the uh, Magic Info Book. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. So the Aspel Aspitos is the name of the uh, the product. Uh, visiting Spain without tasting ham is impossible because ham is the crown jewel of Spanish cuisine. It's uh, featured in countless traditional dishes and you can't walk through the streets without constantly seeing a ham leg um, somewhere, whether it be in a butcher shop or otherwise. We well, should be uh, quizzing my mother on this. She went to Spain last year. Uh, when it comes to Spain's meaty obsession, the pinnacle is the Iberian ham. It's made from the meat of the Iberico hog, which are fed a very special diet of acorns and olives. Are you getting that taste coming through? Olives, of course. Olives, mm. Mm. Um, so, the tender meat is cured for up to three years. You've got to be pretty patient. <laughs> resulting in a very complex sweet flavour. There is no actual meat in the flavouring of this corn snack, though. It's just a ham-infused... There you go. Yeah. You get the bold flavour of Iberian ham in the form of a crunchy corn puff. There you go. So, uh, thumbs up, thumbs down for the Aspil Aspitos. One thumb. One, yeah. <laughs> not not as hammy as it no. could be. <laughs> I just found out, or looked up, the rabbits. Why it's the called the hatch. lands of the rabbit. Yep. Um, the rabbits reached Spain around 6000 BC when the Greeks arrived. Mm-hmm. But they, and it was called Land of the Setting Sun. But when the Carthaginians, whatever they are, came around 3000 BC, there was rabbits everywhere, so they called it Hispania. Um, which is from the word Svan, and which means land of the rabbits. Wow. So that's Quite literally translates. Yes. Ah, so Spaniards are rabbit people. Yes. There you go. But the rabbits are everywhere in the world. They're not just in Spain. They're not just in Spain. They're but all over North Africa, Asia, lots of countries all over the place. Well, that's like the uh, mythology around the word kangaroo. Captain Cook was asking, what are those strange things hopping all over? And the yep. Aboriginals apparently replied with kangaroo. 
which actually meant I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> but uh, he was like, oh, okay, so that's a kangaroo. Well, that, that's sort of what, yeah, and it says here the Romans and their language, that's where the, the words come from. Yeah. And the rabbits won over the sunset. There you and go. And the name, how they convert, yep, yep. how they translated it. Ah. Um, yeah. So a little bit of mixed messages. Okay, then, well, uh, on to the potato chips. These are artisan potato chips with Mediterranean herbs. I'm assuming when you open up that bag, you are going to get... You were talking about how uh, the corn puffs had a very interesting aroma. Mediterranean herb, it should blow your head off, mm. Max. Let's go, Max. Can you get it open? <laughs> what, what's the smell? That's actually good. <laughs> It's uh, Ooh, very kind of Spanish kitchen smell. Uh, rosemary, oregano, thyme are all very native to the Mediterranean and they're staples in traditional Spanish cooking. Rosemary sprigs are sprinkled onto the scrumptious paella. Uh, oregano is mixed into the savoury adobo seasonings and thyme is crucial for curing the olives that are grown in Spain. So it's like mixed herb and spices in the cupboard. That's it. So uh, these extra crispy potato chips have all those flavours, plus basil, parsley, garlic and onion. So <clears throat> you can just sit there smelling them all day, I guess. <laughs> it kind of sounds like um, spaghetti bolognese sauce without, <laughs> without the meat. But this is in a potato chip form. I'm trying to get the flavour, if you can separate it, but... Not really? They're looking very light and crispy. Mm. They're a lot drier than um, you'd expect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very crunchy. Extremely crunchy. For a very aromatic chip, there's... Um, so you smell the bags more. I could possibly. Yeah, I'm not getting anything, no. but I've got no sense of smell. So <laughs> it's got to be pretty good to get, get to my nose. But um, the chips themselves look kind of lightly oiled, perhaps. Yes. But um, it's not flavour, you can see. It's not like shapes or thins or mm. any of the Australian uh, chip flavours. They're a bit like the thins rather than Smith Crisp. Yes, yeah. It doesn't have the corrugated... Um, no, just a flat, crinkled not cup. Riddle, yeah. It's all um, yeah, flat, flat chip. But, um, I don't know, flavour-wise, it's tasting very potato-y. They're very moory. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You'd expect them to have... Um, maybe Spanish olive oil uh, cooking base. Not very oily, yeah. On yeah. the hands. Um, what have we got in here? Potato sunflower oil. So it's not even olive oil. Mm. Sunflower oil. There you go. Dried potato spice, natural flavour, garlic powder. I'm not even tasting garlic. Usually garlic chips are quite pungent. No, it's got a bit of garlic there. But they're not strong. Hmm. When you smell the bag, you'd think the, t the chips would have a huge flavour. Exactly like... They're actually fairly <coughs> light. You know, cheese and onion flavour or um, barbecue flavour have a very <coughs> strong taste to them. This is no, they're just a bit a, meh. They're almost like the um, just your sea salt thins. You yes. A little bit of a flavour. Yeah, very lightly hmm. dusted. They're oily. They're very oily. It's not... I, I can't actually see the flavour on the chip, if that mm. makes sense. What do you think of Max? They're good. <laughs> it's going back for more. <laughs> Is it the taste you're going for, or what, what What do you like about them? The taste. <clears throat> Are you getting any of those um, assorted herbs? Garlic or onion? Yeah? Yep. Is there anyone that stands out, like it gives a tingle or a tang? Or I don't know. I thought the rosemary, you could smell more rosemary. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Taste-wise, you can taste the oil, like it's oily. Yeah, yeah, as opposed to the actual flavour of the herb. Uh, thumbs up, thumbs down, what are we going? <laughs> Max you, you could eat more of those. Max's two thumbs up. Yeah, Darren's two thumbs up. Oh. Okay, yeah, yeah. No problemo then. Um, we might take a quick break here on Afternoon Delight, unless you wanted to do uh, four Spanish trivia questions. Yep, for that? Yep. <laughs> to, <laughs> to break in the new year. <clears throat> Righto then. So, uh, the Spanish national anthem is one of four in the world that has what? Is it featuring a harp? Or is it played entirely on a guitar? It has no words at all, or it's less than 30 seconds long. So, the Spanish national anthem, what makes it special? Does it feature the harp? It's played entirely on guitar. It has no words, or it's less than 30 seconds long. Less than 30 seconds long? I think less than 30 seconds. No words. No words. Uh, I just need to double check. Okay, so Max. It's not 30 seconds long. And uh, Darren. <coughs> no words. Spain, along with Bosnia, Herzegovina, Kosovo and San Marino, uh, all countries that have uh, national anthems with no words. The song is called Marca Real. It has no lyrics. Um, Francisco Franco tried to add words during his reign, or dictatorship, <laughs> uh, between 1939 and 1975, but when a democratic constitution was adopted in 1978, his lyrics were scrapped. There you go. Probably said something like, um, all hail yeah, to yeah. Francisco sort of thing. <clears throat> okay. Question number two. When Alfonso VIII became king of Spain in 1883, he was... One day old, one year old, nine years old, or 99 years old? One day, one year, nine years, or 99? What made King Alfonso VIII so special? One thinking? year. One year old? I'll go nine. Nine? Ooh, both of you. <coughs> he was one day old. Wow. Since his father had already passed away, Alfonso was crowned king on the day of his birth. <laughs> no uh, pressure there. Um, luckily, the kingdom wasn't totally at his whim. His mother, Maria Cristina, served as acting leader until his 16th birthday. <laughs> but um, an occasion marked with balls and bullfights across Spain was uh, held on his 16th birthday when he officially became the full ruling monarch. Uh, question number three. In the 16th century, King Philip II of Spain paid someone to build what? A functional pair of wings, a spaceship, a robotic monk, or a vending machine. What did King Philip II pay someone to build? What year was that? Uh, the 16th century. Whoa. <coughs> so all of these are pretty far out, no matter vending what it machine. is. So is it a functional pair of wings, a spaceship, a robotic monk, or a vending machine? So you're saying uh, a vending, vending machine. machine, Darren? Functional pair of wings. <coughs> Oh, no. Yeah, it was a robotic monk. Mm. Uh, in the 1560s, King Philip's son became gravely ill, so the king prayed for his recovery, promising him a favour in return. When his son miraculously did get better, Philip commissioned clockmaker Juanello Turiano to create an earthly miracle, a machine of prayer. Um, Turiano followed through building a mechanical monk with clockwork me mechanisms that allowed its eyes and head to rotate and its arms to rise and lower a rosary. There you go. 
So there you go, the power of prayer through a robot. What do we got? One to nil still? <laughs> Come, Max. Go on, good, Max. You can do this. <laughs> Last question. A popular Spanish drink is made from a mixture of what? Chocolate milk and salt? Red wine and Coca-Cola? Orange juice and Sprite? Or grape juice and cheese? What was the question again? <laughs> so a popular Spanish drink is made by combining which two things? Is it chocolate milk and s- salt, red wine and Coca-Cola, orange juice and Sprite, or grape juice and cheese? None of them sound all that appealing. very weird. <laughs> orange juice and Sprite, that's Orange juice and Sprite? Normal. That's not too out of it's, whack. Yeah, it's kind of Fanta-ish. Uh, yeah. You going with that? Yeah. You too, Darren? Let's go with the cheese. You going with cheese? Oh, no. It is red wine and Coca-Cola. Wow. Spain might be famous for sangria, but there's a very different drink that is taking the country by storm. Cali Motzko, an uber-sweet blend of Coca-Cola and red wine. It started in the Basque region in the 1970s when a group of friends mixed their spoiled wine with cola, unknowingly creating a new national obsession. Better try that out. Mm. (laughs) The sensation has even spread to other countries like Romania and Hungary. Mm. There you go. Well... That's as much Spain as I can That's take for hard. today. <laughs> we will take a quick break here on Afternoon Delight. We'll be back to uh, check out this week's uh, Lolly right after this. Kids Kingdom, come for a play or stay all day. Enjoy coffee and a sweet treat or lunch from our full on-site cafe menu. Book a party in one of our three colourful party rooms. Inquire today, 5231 Kids Kingdom, proud sponsor of Afternoon Delight on OCR FM. On OCR FM, it is time for us to uh, check out this week's topic. Now, uh, there's not all that much uh, history to these particular items, but uh, Max, what do you know about a push pop? Um, they come in little containers where you push little lollies, hard up. lollies up. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Darren? Did you have uh, push pops push in your pops? youth? Yeah, I reckon they did. The, they were sort of almost rage. like a um, yeah, like a board lolly, I suppose, melted into. Kind of a lollipop. Yeah, like a lollipop that you push out the top yep. and suck on it until it's gone and you just keep pushing until it's all gone. Yeah. Um, I remember them making a big comeback in the uh, the early 90s, kind of late 80s. Um, <clears throat> push Pops themselves first hit the uh, the shelves in 1986 and became a huge hit thanks to their clever packaging, as you said, Max. Each plastic tube contained a lollipop that had to be pushed up to be consumed. Um, and then it could be lowered back into the little container and stored for later. Because how many times do you have a lollipop and it's going to take you forever to, you know, yeah. lick? You don't want to get it all funky <laughs> by dropping on the ground. So you could save a few licks for uh, for later, <laughs> basically. Um, but uh, there's been many different variations over the years. Uh, it was first manufactured by the Tops Company, which is an American food company that makes chewing gum candy and other collectibles they're based in new york and uh, they're known as the leading producer of the uh, football card um, oh, yeah. yep. lo- lollies baseball card all that sort of stuff 
Um, it is currently the only baseball card manufacturer that is in contract with the, the Major League Baseball in America. But, uh, yeah, Push Pops um, come in different varieties. There is the spring-loaded Jumbo Pop, mm. uh, the Triple Power, which is a three-flavoured one, which you could slide up the one of three different flavours. So it was three lollipops, and you'd slide up one, one flavour at a time sort of thing. The Flip and Dip, which had a powder in the lid, I believe, that you would push your push pop up, lick it, then you dip it into kind of a sherbet-y um, flavour. And the push pump spray, which to me isn't really a push pop. No, it's just the spray. It's yeah. like the, um, yeah, the spray candy the one stuff. I remember had like a windy thing you'd, and it'd screw it up like a, say, lipstick. Ah, and you'd wind yep. it and it'd just keep coming up. Up that and up That was the one up. I remember. Right, see, yeah, for me, it's always been the push yeah. from the bottom and it comes up, it doesn't actually wind. I just remember one of them whining. Yep. Might not have been that type of name, but it had a, you know, a rip-off. <laughs> yep. Yeah, well, I had various slogans over the year. Um, don't push me, push a push-pop. <laughs> uh, isn't it time you pushed a push-pop? Give life a push. And then <laughs> the longest one, push a push-pop, push it for flavour, push a push-pop, save some for later. So I'm not sure if they've got any slogans on them anymore. Doesn't look like it. But, uh, yeah, they're very reminiscent of lipstick. And I, as a kid, would remember kids would use them as lipstick because you'd push it up and, yeah, instead of licking it like a lollipop. The other thing we used to do was Wolverine or uh, Freddy Krueger. <laughs> you'd push your push pop up and then leave it on your fingers so it looked like you had long extended ah. claws. <laughs> but uh, what do you think of when you think of push pops, Max? Like a lollipop that you push up and suck. So have you kind of grown up with them, always on the shelves, or did? To me, they just disappeared off the shelves for a while. I was going to say I don't remember them from. Yeah, I haven't seen them for years. Yeah, I don't know. They um, uh, have various flavors that they come in. One of the uh, clever marketing ideas, I guess. The, the lids have different colours to match the flavour, so a red one would be strawberry, blueberry, that sort of thing. But um, Push Pop introduced a mystery flavour. So it was a grey-capped one, and you had to try and work out uh, what flavour it was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's basically it. For, for <laughs> the, they try and jazz it up from time to time. Um, I can't think of any other information about the Push Pop. That would be of any relevance to our audience. So, uh, brush your teeth. Yeah, make sure you brush your <laughs> teeth after it. If you've got any fun facts about push pops or uh, push pop memories, you can text in to 0439 329 713 or jump on the Afternoon Delight Facebook page and uh, share them on there. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back to uh, put the spotlight on the push pop right after this. Aggie on Afternoon Delight. It is time for us to go, uh, kind of, not head-to-head as such, but putting the spotlight on our uh, product of the week. We're looking at Push Pops today. Now, they're reasonably um, kid-friendly for opening. Uh, they've got some pretty clear instructions on how to get into them. The old twist here, that will uh, snap the plastic off for you. And then push to the top. And then underneath that, what's under that uh, first layer of the plastic lid, Max? There's another better plastic covering the actual lolly. 
just in case there's any dirt and stuff that gets in before you get to it, basically. Yeah, there you go. So uh, the push pop lid, as uh, Darren said, kind of looks like a, a lipstick container with an, an oversized lid. We've got a few different flavours here in the studio to uh, to test out. I've got the strawberry one. It's got a red lid, um, an overpowering <laughs> aroma. I can actually smell that. <laughs> it's a very chemically strawberry flavour. Uh, what have you got there, Darren? I've got the Berry Blast, which is really sort of like a blue and red <coughs> combo. Um, combo. The lid is funny. It's almost like a pen, you know, has that pocket thing. You I don't think I'd be quite putting them in my pocket. <laughs> no, I wouldn't trust it. Not a top pocket of a white business shirt anyway. <laughs> You'd end up with red on you. Hmm. And uh, Max, what have you got there? you got the jumbo one. Yeah, of course. The jumbo blue raspberry. Now, I believe that one should do something extra. Ooh. I think. <gasps> ah. <laughs> what is it doing, Max, when you push the button? It's glowing blue. Yeah. It's another light, n- If the novelty factor of uh, having a push pop is not enough, you've got basically a lightsaber lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> so once you eat it down, you're left with a very right. dismal torch. <laughs> I'm sure um, they'd find a way of reading with it. Oh, yeah. you definitely. Definitely. And it'd be protected by the lid. Yes. Uh, what's the mini flavour you got there, Max? Raspberry. Raspberry? So I've got blue raspberry and raspberry. Ah, right. Well, you could do a head-to-head, I yes. guess. So, um, now, Darren, you were saying the push pops of uh, your era were kind of retractable yeah, by screwing them? The ones I remember, so they probably weren't called push pop, but they were the same concept where they had a hard-boiled lolly, but they had like a, you'd wind the bottom and then yep. wind it out. Kind of like a glue stick. Like a glue stick, stick until it's you've sucked it away and there's nothing left and then you just had the bit of plastic, whatever it was, behind. Yep. I'm going to try the raspberry. Okay. But that would have been pre-86, because I remember ah, yes. where we lived at that point. Mm-hmm. Okay, Max has gone for the uh, the lick test. What are you thinking? That's good. Good stuff? Yeah. It's very... Um, sugary. Sug- yeah, sugary. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of the home brand lollipop style. So it's not like a um, Chubba Chup, which has a very... No. Uh, not sugar. It's not a sh- sugary overdose. Whereas this is very sucrose, kind of a liquid, yeah. um, liquid lolly flavour. Sticky, sort of, you know. Yeah. That it's traditional got, lollipop type of... Got the molten amber kind of look to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's probably something else that they could novelty it up with, is uh, have a little plastic creature inside it, <laughs> <laughs> like a, a hmm. fossil or something. We could be onto something we here. Swallow that would go down well, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. You gotta lick it to, uh, you know, yep. save it or whatever. Say, only my little finger fits into the back. Yeah, these are. It's almost like these are built for children. <laughs> ah, funny thing about that, mm. Max. Do you think you'd be able to Freddy Krueger and put them all on your fingers? Maybe not the giant <laughs> one. The giant one's probably more. Yeah, it doesn't. Push oh, up. it doesn't actually push up. It's only a flash pop. Yeah. Which do you prefer then, head to head, flash or push? Flash. Flash, okay. Have you tasted the flash? No. <laughs> How do you know it's better? Because it's got a light. Oh. <laughs> Bright colours. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've, you've had a go at the Push Pop Blue Raspberry. Maybe have a try of the um, Blue Raspberry Flash then, see if it has a different taste. It's just raspberry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> there you go, Max. Twice as big. His light's coming out of his ears. 
You can do the the police blue light thing. <laughs> you have to shove a red one in one side of your mouth and blue in the <laughs> other. Makes the other. You have lights coming in inside your head. I'm just wondering. Wonder what light is underneath it. Is it a blue flashlight, or is it a white light in a blue lollipop? I can see underneath it, and it's. It is um, a blue light. Blue light. Okay. There you go. What's the taste difference, Max? Um. Still sugary. Yeah. <laughs> is one more raspberry than the other? Yep. Which one? Raspberry. <laughs> the raspberry tastes more raspberry than the blue raspberry. Yeah. It feels like it's still got that plastic on it, but I'll take. This could be a long show. We're not afraid. <laughs> yeah, I, I think <laughs> we're going to go to a break. We'll be back with our sweetest tune. But uh, if you've got some push pop memories to share, text them into 0439 329 713. We'll be back right after this. It is time for our sweetest tune, Max. We were uh, looking through the ACRFL archive for some push songs, and uh, you've handed the reins over to your dad for this one. Yeah. So, uh, what song have you chosen for us today? Oh, I thought something Megan, Max's mum, might like. Yeah. Push the little daisies. Push the little daisies. So it's a song by the band Ween, who are so hard to categorise because no two Ween songs ever sound the same. Uh, I've got a few of their albums at home. And it's even from the 90s, isn't it? Somewhere it early is, 90s? Yeah, it's 92, 92 uh, yeah. from their album Pure Guava. And uh, the music video features Dean Ween and Gene Ween um, eating various foods. So, perfect for this show. Um, the song was a hit here in Australia, spending 13 weeks at number 18. And it came in number 40 on Triple J's Hottest 100 in <laughs> 1993. Um, it is mentioned in the 1001 Songs You Must Hear Before You Die records. Yeah. And uh, this <laughs> is what it sounds like. That is Push the Little Daisies by Ween there on Afternoon Delight. Max, you're looking a little perplexed. That voice was annoying. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, none of the, the songs ever sound the same. Uh, you can you can listen to an entire Ween album and not realise that it's the same two guys in the band. They do country, rock, pop, all sorts of stuff. They you only had to listen to it once, Max. That's right. This was the 90s. You listened to that all the time. Yeah, it used to be on the radio constantly. That was our crazy frog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> uh, we push little days. Now, in that um, uh, particular tune, uh, there's a certain bit that gets replaced with uh, Prince, uh, making a scream sound uh, oh. because they replaced a certain word that's not radio-friendly <laughs> with Prince screaming. And uh, the song basically rose to fame after being featured in an episode of Beavis and Butthead, <laughs> which would be around with push-pop yeah. kind of stuff. Um, we're fast running out of time. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back after this to check out what's new on the shelf.
It is time and afternoon delight to check out what is new on the shelf. Max, what have you found for us this week? Caramel flavoured twirl. Caramel flavoured twirl. Now, are you sure that you found this? Your mum didn't uh, sniff this out on the shelf? She might mum have tracked it, it down. <laughs> She's the biggest caramel fan, I think, in Colac. <laughs> Uh, so how have they done this? Because twirls, there's not much to them. They're like a flake with chocolate on the outside. I'm trying to work out where is the caramel going to go. Find out in just a minute. Mmm. A bit melted. Well, it's a bit <laughs> warm outside. Short of uh, keeping this in the freezer. <laughs> I'm not sure oh. you're going to be able to... Oh, is it a caramel flake? Yeah. Wow. So normally the flake itself is chocolate flake. This is <laughs> melted caramel. Darren's eyes are pretty much rolling back in his head at the moment. So for those that have not had caramel before, it's kind of like eating a teaspoon of condensed milk. Yeah. It's amazing stuff. Not bad. It's childhood, all encapsulated Melting in a small, in the hot, small, in the hot studio. <laughs> small piece of chocolate. Okay, so uh, <laughs> mm. what are you thinking, Darren? I reckon we'll get more on the way home. <laughs> Good stuff? Mm-hmm. Could you uh, very sweet, very nice. sprinkle this over your pavlova from last Just week? dip it in the pavlova. <laughs> Use it like a spoon. Dipping stick, yep. I'm trying to think, is twirl normally this... Like, I know the outside is soft because it's so hot, but is the inside... Um, it's normally just real flaky. milky. Yeah, no, it is sort of, but it's milky more. Okay. It's not like a flake. Isn't it? I, I don't... Think, yeah, I don't know. In my mind it is, but I don't eat that many twirls. I don't know now. I can't think of it's normally a flaky inside because that's almost nougarish. I don't know. Max, what are you thinking? That's good. Super good. Yeah. Mm. Mixed in with um, push pop. <laughs> <laughs> Put the push pop aside, Max. Yeah, that's a really interesting way to do it. I wonder if they could make flake out of caramel. Mm. Because the flake itself is almost like dried out chocolate. Do you think people would buy that? Oh, I think they may. I reckon they might. There, there would be uh, people listening to this show that certainly would. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, getting a bit crafty and creative with caramel. So I like white chocolate more than yep. milk chocolate. And um, having a white chocolate and then as caramel, I really like caramel as well. Yes, yep. So it's like, hmm. Caramel chocolate's nice. This is, I think, a bit better. easier to eat. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's melting your mouth. Hmm. Yeah. Caramel... Uh, it can get a little too sugary overpowering uh, you know if you were to sit there and eat the block back to back <laughs> which which some people would some I, yeah, I don't I'm know not sure if we know anyone Max that would do that yeah. definitely not but uh, yeah having that kind of uh, thin wispy centre for the the twirl uh, I'm liking it so thumbs up thumbs down do I even need to ask oh okay Darren's gone with uh, thumbs and toes up <laughs> So it's uh, an all-round uh, winner for the Caramilk Twirl. We'll take a quick break here on Afternoon Delight and we'll be back to wrap everything up right after this.
It is time and afternoon delight to unravel this week's Kinder Surprise. The chocolate's off. It's almost melted itself into oblivion there. Uh, the capsule is nearly open. There we go. What have you got in there, Max? I don't know what that is. But like there's tiny little, yeah. Three pieces. Three plastic pieces. It does look a little bit dinosaurish. Is that maybe a head? No? Or a baby? What's the instructions say, Max? <laughs> Who dares look at the instructions? Oh, it's like a little armadillo sort of thing. And a baby one too. Uh, is that a Pangea? Don't know. Don't know? Does it have on the outside what oh. it's meant to be? It's got like a longish snout, kind of ripply scales down its back. I think they're called a Pangea. It doesn't actually say what it's called. Oh, really? Mm. I'm going to have to use the magic internet Google machine. Uh, now, Pangea is the name of the, um, when all the Earth was a supercontinent. What's the name of the animal? Anteater. It's like an anteater. No, uh, I can't think what they're called. Not Pangea. So the other, the other animals that are in the group, is there's a koala. Mm-hmm. There's a monkey. They're basically animals that have an, their young hang off their back. Right. It's not an armadillo. Ah. Uh, it's an armadillo kind of looking animal. Mm-hmm. Pangolin. That's what I'm thinking of. Does it look a bit like that? Yeah. Yeah. Pangolin. There we go. So a pangolin looks like a big oh, armadillo. the head's a bit different. Oh, a bit different, is it? Oh, maybe it's not then. Similar concept. They've got that hard shell around the outside. It's got a long... Oh, it's, yeah, it's got a long tail. But pangolins are amazing. They, uh... <laughs> they look like they're plotting <laughs> to rule the world when they walk. <laughs> these are from Asia? Yeah, that's where these things would come from. Yep. Yep. Um, sadly, they're almost hunted to extinction. Um, they often end up in uh, exotic dishes. Mm. And their scales are uh, hunted. I watched a very interesting documentary on them uh, a few moons ago. Um, but yeah, the pangolin, um, amazing looking creatures. But they walk on two feet instead of four. So they look like they should walk on four feet, but uh, they kind of hold their front feet up and look like they're plotting to take over the world while they're walking. They're pretty cute. <laughs> There's a Magic Kinder app. Oh, okay, so maybe you'll be able to... Um, is it through the Kinder site or does any old scanner work? I think it might have to be the Magic Kinder scanner. We'll post a link up <laughs> perhaps on the Afternoon Delight Facebook page. Um, but that is it for Afternoon Delight 2019. Mm-hmm. Where did the year go? The year is over, Max. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> so we will be back uh, next week to do it all again in 2020. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you to Richard, who's put up the Push Pop commercial from 1991, which is his major memory. We might play that play it out. Uh, 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 as we end off the show. Mm-hmm. Push a push pop. I wish you'd come to the right. game, Dad, and give me a push. A push pop. Push a push pop. Hey, don't push me. Push a push pop. Push a push pop. Push it for flavor. Push a push pop. Save some for later. Give me a push.
up some afternoon delight My motto's always been when it's right, it's right While waiting till the middle of a cold dark night When everything's a little clearer in the light of day Then you know the night is always gonna be there anyway Thinking of you's working up my appetite Looking forward to a little afternoon delight Rubbing sticks and stones together makes the sparks ignite And the thought of loving you is getting so exciting Skyrockets in flight Oh, afternoon delight